Welcome to another edition of the NCBI podcast. I'm June Tinsley, Head of Communications and Advocacy with NCBI. And today I have the pleasure of having a chat with Chris Sandford, who is the founder and CEO of the Culinary Ability Awards. Great to have you, Chris, and thanks for taking the time to have a chat with us. June, thank you very much for your kind invitation. It's great to be here. It's great. great. Um, well, I'm absolutely fascinated to hear a bit more about the, the Culinary Ability Awards. So if you could tell us a little bit about it and how you got involved and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. So I'm a professional chef, June, have been for a number of years now and um, competed at many international competitions. I'm an international gold medalist and competition has always been a big part of, of what we do in the hospitality industry. Um, so in about 2004, I would have been at some very large event and I'm thinking why isn't there an opportunity here for people with disabilities because I would have met a few people in the past who certainly had an abundance of talent and there you go in 2005 we had our first event in Ireland and uh, it was just 10 competitors with a variety of disabilities people who were also visually impaired actually at that time as well and it was just an absolutely phenomenal success and subsequently, you know, since then, it's gone on to bigger and bigger and bigger things. But that's really how it came about. And tell me, as you say, these uh, um, competitions and awards are all pan-disability, encouraging anybody who has an interest in um, baking and cooking to, to, to participate. And if there are individuals who have a vision impairment uh, participating, what kind of adaptations do they need? Or have the, has it, that issue arisen much? Well, the, the thing is, uh, you know, the whole idea of the competition in June was that there wasn't really a platform for people with disabilities, so it wouldn't have really have been seen at all. So we, I created that opportunity. And then by doing so, you're quite right to point out what the, what the challenges are. The absolute, the most important thing for, for any competition is the competitor to have an absolutely great attitude. There is no other requirements needed. Uh, for instance, a wee overview of the competition. Each competitor has, depending on the actual competition, uh, has 40 minutes to prepare and, pre and present two same plated portions of the same main course. They're also assisted by a mentor. Their mentor can do absolutely none of the cooking. They're there to assist in the safety, so taking things out the oven, assisting where anything might be a little bit tricky with knives, etc. So you can see it works very well with, with visually impaired people also. And it has done since the since since its birth. That has. And uh, are each competitor expected to cook the same um, main course or uh, starter, or uh, can they choose, or how does that kind of work? Well, this is another really phenomenal opportunity for each competitor. They're given it's a main course of their choice, so there's no any budget restrictions or anything like that. So they get to come up with something that they can try and test. And it's a great way of, of having your friends around or your family and trying a few dishes. And this is this is this actually recently we had a, a tremendous event at IFEX in Belfast, which is a phenomenal uh, international event there. And we had the, the culinary about to watch competition there, which we have done for the last 20 plus years. Um, and what what happened was uh, six of the competitors, five of them were visually impaired and it was the highest awarded competition there. And the standard was was phenomenal. And um, tell me, how many teams compete, Chris? So it breaks down to individuals. So a team competition is a totally different thing. But individuals 
And this is the whole idea. So if individuals see that there's a, understand that there's a competition coming up, they can apply for that competition, they prepare and they practice, and then they take part in that competition. Based on that, then they, going forward, we, I suppose our one of our, our top accolades today is I was the first person in the history of the Culinary Olympics in 120 years to bring a team to represent disability at Stuttgart in Germany in 2020. And not only that, but I brought teams representing Ireland, Scotland, Italy, and Germany. So it had never been done before. And we had brought the whole or a part of the continent together to show, listen, this is this is what can be achieved. And yeah. creating that team, we had different dinners in Ireland and Scotland and Germany. Uh, we had training camps in Italy also. And that really brought a team together to compete at one of the highest levels in the culinary world with, with tremendous success where we just missed out on a on a podium position but we had a highly commended certification presented to us that's a phenomenal achievement after your first entry into the the olympics yeah that's good but we were hoping to be on the podium june i've got to be honest <laughs> oh there's always been the, the next time round. well this is this is true and part of what we're what we're all about is, is simply empowering people with lifelong skills. If they, if they know how to store their fridge properly and, and prepare food and, and, ha and then have a good solid basis to build on, that's the minimum what they will gain from this. However, what, what has been happening, quite a large number of our competition competitors have gained full-time employment and have continued to do so. And it's, it's just a phenomenal success story for a number of the, the youngsters who have gone on to do a number of things. Four of them have gone on to set up their own businesses. Two of them have gone on to travel the world. And a number of them have reached senior positions in the industry. So it really does, it really does give our the hospitality industry a real wake-up call in what can be achieved by just giving these talented individuals an opportunity. And more importantly, they get to tap into their passion, have a purpose which they feel they can contribute to, and for their own self-preservation, there's nothing better. Very much so, very much so. And tell me, Chris, is there um, is it open to all ages, or is it, or is it particularly a younger um, age group, or what's your experience? So what we've what we've done recently, because I'm also a, a Rotarian June, and I am the president of Glasgow North from Bishop Briggs, and. We actually celebrate 60 years of our club this year, and, and Rotary is an international organisation doing tremendous work around the world. Uh, so with that in mind, I actually created something called the Rotary Culinary Ability Chefs. And the Rotary Culinary Ability Chefs is a 32-county project which, with a five-year plan that was launched in Ireland just uh, this year. And that I, the idea of that is that we have youngsters between 14 and 17 at school who are buddied up then or partnered with a person with a disability. And they assist them in the competition. Alongside that runs a culinary ability awards competition. So it really helps to break down the stigma that's attached with disability, shows proper empowerment, and gives the youth a first-hand experience and opportunity to work with someone with a disability. And, and that person with a disability can be of any age, or is it a young person as well? So for that particular competition, the 14 to the 17 year olds, that's the Rotary Culinary Ability Chefs part of it. 
The other requirements then for the, the culinary ability awards is basically anyone who has a who has a passion and an interest for food, and the age group starts from eighteen plus to any age. Oh, excellent. Okay, okay. Um, and uh, as you as you know, Chris, many individuals um, acquire a sight loss condition later in life. So. Um, individuals might have been very proficient in the kitchen either personally or, or professionally and then might have acquired a sight loss condition which would knock their confidence in the kitchen so um participating in something like this might um re reconnect their passion I, I absolutely and you know the last competition there i was speaking about in belfast the, the competitors there they had never done anything like this before certainly they had a passion for food but they were given quite a challenge in the fact of, you know, well, what are we going to do? How are we going to do it? How are we going to get there? What? But that all, within the first 10 minutes of a group meeting, was dissolved and they were all focused on the food. So, yes, they, they came together, they saw the opportunity, they more than rose to the challenge and they produced a phenomenal event. And, and just in light to that, this year I've announced our first international global judge and that person is uh, Paul Norton. Paul Norton has been involved with the Culinary Ability Award since 2005, actually, since its first actual competition. And Paul's competed, Paul's been part of, and Paul has always been a great supporter. But he's also visually impaired and started to lose his sight from his 20s. Now, Paul's a wee bit older than, than that now, and he won't mind me saying that. <laughs> but... At the actual competition with the judges, so I paired them with some of the other judges and they, and they assisted Paul in getting around the judging criteria, moving from station to station. And they were absolutely blown away with the comments that brought a different dimension to the food uh, that they just simply weren't aware. Or maybe the, the fact that, that how someone with, 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 with a visual impairment just highlighted things that they just didn't really grasp the first time and they were bowled over by that so so yes you know when it comes to that aspect of it we're constantly looking for talent constantly and there's always opportunities whether it be from from wanting to do stuff at home whether we want to do something more of a competition level or simply for people who just want to get involved and help support others who really want to have that opportunity and move forward and Talk to me a little bit more there, Chris. You mentioned the judging criteria, because obviously the participants all have to be, uh, um, their food has to be assessed in order to um, to win the competition. So what yes. roughly would be the judging criteria? So the judging criteria, so myself, I would be a judge uh, for the World Association of Chefs, which is the largest uh, chefs organization in, uh, in the world with 12 and a half million members in over 105 countries. So you go through quite substantial training for that. And you, of course, Competing in competitions is part of the parcel of that. When it comes to the actual competition that we do for our competition, there is really no difference at all, June, absolutely none. And I'm not about tokenage, but about keeping it real and keeping it, you know, that there's a valuable competition for people to take part in. And the ultimate, it breaks down to how people work, so they're working safely and hygienically. Also, then it comes to how they prepare their food. So for us, you know, I'm classically French trained, so you're always working left to right. You're always working into a container. Then you take your, your ingredients, then you have them refrigerated. So you have a methodical process to what you're doing. So you will get marks for that. Taste is also the highest marked 
part of the competition. Presentation comes just below that. So you can understand once people can see that you actually have practiced, because it's very evident at a competition if you have practice or not, if you're constantly tasting food, if you're cleaning and working in a safe, hygienic manner, and you have a good methodical process, and that ultimately when you're presenting your dish, that all those ingredients reflect what's on your menu. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. And ballpark, how many participants would um, be in any given event? Okay, so uh, for an individual competition, the, the maximum amount of people we have competing at one time is 10. Okay. For a team competition, if I go back to our whole team for the Olympics, where we had four in the kitchen and two mentoring, that's that six, but the whole team was actually made up of 16 because we had two reserves, we had logistics, we had drivers, we, had, we even had nutritionists there. And we had backup, uh, um, what's the word, administrative work as well. Plus, I'm fortunate that my, that my partner, Mona, is, a, is an interpreter and she speaks five languages. Impressive. <laughs> so that, was, that, was, that was handy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you, you mentioned there, Chris, some of the, the key highlights, such as the, the Olympics and the employment opportunities. Um, is there any other kind of key highlights that, that you feel um, have really stood out for you in the last uh, 15, 17 years of running this? Uh, do you know what? You, the the, the, the knock-on effects are, have been phenomenal. We've appeared on the, on the BBC One show. We've done most of the major channels in Ireland. Of course, my accent probably gives it away. I lived in Ireland for 24 years. And um, I had to move from Ireland to progress with what we're doing, and we have progressed significantly. So that, that's been really a fundamental part of it. But some of the things, what can I say? We have a scholarship with Anton Mossiman, OBE, who has one of the most exclusive dining clubs uh, in the world. Uh, and he is the most respected chef in the world. And he very kindly gives a scholarship to one of our awards as well, and has done now for almost going on 10 years. Wow. Additionally, we're, we're, we're associated with a number of, of governmental organizations as well who can see the benefit in what we're doing. We are a totally non-political organization and we really benefit from people who want to get on board and support us, whether it be financially or with their skill set. And that has really came to quite a head in an industry where people, industry leaders come along and say, listen, how can we help? How can we get involved? Which is, which is phenomenal. So that aspect of it, every opportunity we get, we're breaking down the stigma that's associated with disability. We're showing and highlighting the ability that people have and encouraging people to give people that opportunity. And as you say, Chris, it's, like, it's very multi-layered. There's so many different component parts to the um, either the, the Culinary Ability Awards itself or now the, the Rotary Culinary Ability um, Awards. You certainly sound as if you're kept on your toes. Do you know, we, we absolutely are, and we wouldn't have it any other way. You know, we're, we're a registered not-for-profit community interest company, and we, we're all about that. We're in the process of developing a facility, a training facility, first of a kind uh, in the world, and that's something we're quite excited about, and that will be coming uh, to fruition, all going well uh, next year, and that will be something that's, that's very special and very unique. But currently... There's lots of opportunities out there. And, and if anyone feels that they, you know, that they have something 
uh, that they would like to do. Don't don't be thinking that you can't do this. Many people there have done that and, and not done anything about it. The key is you will get all the support that you need. If you come with a good attitude and a love for food and you have an interest, of course, in, in, in moving forward, whether it be in your domestic lifestyle or in your professional lifestyle, we're here to help at the best that we can. And I suppose it's, it's that reassurance that'll entice people to, to participate, to know that there, there's support a lot throughout every step of the journey. Because um, I can imagine it might be a little bit daunting initially at the thought of uh, participating in, in a competition, but to know you're supported through it is um, the, <clears throat> the encouragement people need. Yeah, for sure, June. And, and the thing is, you, you don't get all that support from me. You get that through people who would have the same disability as, as maybe the people who are looking for information. So they get it in a language, a terminology that they understand and from someone who's fully experienced it. And do you get participants um, reoccurring? Uh, if they have been unsuccessful in one round, they might participate again in, in future events? It, it does happen, but I, if they're at that level, June, for instance, I'll go back to our Olympic team because it's a good comparison. Two of the, the youngsters that took part in that uh, Michael Old and Sarah Weir, they had competed in the competition back, way back in the early stages in the, the 2006s, 2007, Michael 2014, I think. So they were they were gold medalists from our competition. So for me, they were an actual, they were, it was, it was, they were in the industry, they were working in the industry, they had taken it and, and actually built a career out of what they were doing. So it, it made sense to me to approach them and see if they'd interested in taking part. And then what I did is I approached uh, one other phenomenal young lady, Bernadetta from uh, Italy. And then we had two, Lisa and Toby from Germany, uh, because they had never competed. So what we were doing was we, were, we really is multi-layered uh, because we're empowering people on different levels. And I've got to tell you, I, you know, there's one of the most proudest moments of my time at the Olympics where the guys were so under pressure. You have no idea of the, the technical and a few of the other problems that we encountered. But at no time, at absolutely no time, did any of these guys give up. They were focused, they were driven. And I've got to tell you, spending time in that kitchen at that time with those guys is something that will certainly remain with me for a very long time. And obviously it, it, that um, achievement was recognised, albeit not on the podium, but by the judges as well. Well, do you know what? They did have us on the podium to present our award. That, that that's what they thought of the, you know, that they really saw what was being exactly. achieved. So, you know, that was that was phenomenal. I've got to say, Anton Mossiman, uh, OBE, uh, phenomenal industry figure. He actually came along to the Olympics to support the team. So, June, if I if I tell you, you know, as a judge, I, I stopped our competition when when I saw that he was there. He was knocking on the window, and the boys were saying to me, "Chef, you know." So I says, "Get Chef Mossyman round, bring him round, you know." And I stopped the competition to to line out the team to 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 recognise him, and uh, and the judges even joined in. June. <laughs> that was pretty special. That was pretty yeah. special. But you know, from that from that competition, other things have evolved. I've now the chair of the first 
the first time in 120 years for the World Association of Chefs, for their organization, the chair of integration and inclusion. And if you think of, it, of, of an organization with 12 and a half million members in 105 countries, it should carry a lot of weight. Yeah. Additionally, we are only as good as the people who take part in our event. And that's it for me. There's nothing other than that. So we really, at local basis, about communities, about individuals, no matter your background, no matter your history in food, no matter what it is, if you have a great attitude and a passion for food, and you want to take part in something like this, I would say in the first sentence that people would get in touch with yourself, June, and then you can forward them on to us and we would be happy to see how we would go from there. Additionally, we have a number of events that we, we do going around and we have done. We do stage shows, we do, we do dinners, we do black tie dinners, and we, we come along and create events for organisations as well. And this is something that's been phenomenal uh, and really helps with funding what it is that we do. So... There's a huge journey and people can step in and step out at their own leisure. Yeah, as, as you rightly say, there's so many possibilities to it and, and some are being explored in, in more depth than others and with more success than others. And I suppose there's just so much um, layers to it. And I suppose, Chris, if you can just give us a quick um, indication of what are the next events that are running in Ireland so listeners can uh, see if they're interested in participating. Sure. I'm currently looking at hosting a number of, of actual stage shows in Ireland, quite a number of, of other events that will be dotted around the country where it will be a, not, not so much an open day, it will be a training camp with people with disabilities. They are doing, a, doing a, a demonstration, if you like, so other people then with disabilities, of course, can get to come along and see what happens there. The competition will start in earnest again in March next year for uh, the, the Rotary Culinary Ability Chefs. And then going forward, we have events in Scotland. We have events then, this year we have a, an event at uh, in Luxembourg. It's the Culinary World Cup, where we'll be participating in that also. And then next year we have events in Germany, hopefully one in Austria, um, potentially a few other countries that would have to be just firmed in. But certainly there'll be a number of events taking place in Ireland. It just have to be confirmed just now. But of course, we're working towards our next glory, uh, which will be at the Olympics in 2024 as our, as, our, as our grand event working towards. But before that, there will be so much happening. And um, as you say, other events that will be happening in Ireland are ones that people can participate in and to be essentially a part of that journey of the, the Culinary Ability Awards. Mm -hmm. So Brilliant. we're actually in the process of putting together a, like a tour, at a, a world tour of Ireland and, and people love that. And I say a world tour of Ireland, yeah, because what it is, I have people from all around the world doing little training sessions via Skype or via uh, Zoom. So and we will be doing that in Ireland. Uh, I'm hoping, like I say, I don't want to say it's going to happen in because it's not confirmed. I'm waiting to people to firm it up. But all going well, there'll definitely be one or two things be, uh, before Christmas this year. And we'll certainly pass you on those details. And people want to come on and attend, we're, we're more than happy to accommodate. Brilliant. Um, and I suppose, Chris, as you say, if people are interested in learning more, what's the best website that they can get details on? Well, our, our website is out there. It's simply World Wide Web, www.theculinaryabilityawards.com. 
Additionally, you'll find us on Facebook and also on YouTube. There's a number of, of pieces there that are, that are very good uh, commercially done. The, the, the sound quality and everything is, is very good. And that should certainly give people a good understanding of, of, of what to expect, whether it be a, a black tie dinner or an actual competition or even up to a team event. It really does help to, to pass on that information and experience to, to the best of its ability. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, well, genuinely, thank you for your, your, your time, Chris, this morning. Um, and if any of our listeners are interested in learning more about the Culinary Ability Awards, jump onto their website or alternatively, if you want me to connect you with Chris to find out if you want to uh, participate either at the training sessions or the competitions as time moves forward, feel free to, to contact me, june.tinsley at ncbi.ie. Um, as always, information regarding our services can be accessed through ncbi.ie or our info line 1-800-911-250. Um, but for now, Chris, I'd just like to say again, thank you for that really insightful chat. Uh, best of luck with all the um, competitions that are going forward. And um, I, I really, really enjoyed listening all about the Culinary Ability Awards. June, again, thank you for your kind invitation. It's been an absolute pleasure and I wish Anyone who, who who has an interest in taking part, please do get in touch. We so look forward to hearing from you. Thank you.